Did somebody say wow? Beaumont's massive bathroomware catalogue sale is wow! Get up to 25% off vanities with basins, baths, loos and tapware all slashed. Plus up to 25% off all tiles. Wow, you'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. Beaumont's. Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Beaumont Tiles. I choose Beaumont Tiles, you should too. For tiles, bathroom wear and now hard flooring. And welcome to Homestyle. Yes, we are doing it thanks to Beaumont Tiles. It is so great to have Beaumont Tiles on board with Shana Blazer's podcast. I'm Jane Nilden. Every couple of weeks, I jump in the studio with Shana, interior designer, TV star, of course, judge on the block, which is just starting to uh, get to the tail end of things. And I can't wait to see the block back on our screens. Of course, Shana renovated her dream country home in regional Victoria. You can watch Country Home rescue if you haven't binged the whole thing already. Welcome to Homestyle, Shana. Hi, Jane. How are you? We're both sort of doing it remotely today, not in the studio. I'm pretty glad that I didn't have to scrape the ice off of my car. I live in uh, about an hour out of Melbourne and got to say, we talked sustainability and ways to make our homes more energy efficient last week. And I'm really starting to use some of those techniques and thinking, yep, I need to keep warm because we are getting sub-zero temperatures in uh, regional Victoria. And I'm happy not to have had to have gone all the way into Melbourne and jump in a studio. So good to be able to talk to you. You're in a hotel room somewhere. Yeah, I'm just I'm just in Sydney on a couple of different jobs and and doing. I'm, I'm right near the Sydney Harbour actually, so each morning I'm getting up at sunrise and walking around the the harbour. It's quite beautiful, but I mean it's sunny in the afternoon, but the mornings are quite nippy, but not quite minus degrees. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to move to Sydney? I mean, you've spent a lot of time there shooting different projects, but you know we sort of talk about the aesthetic between different cities in the world and there's always that Melbourne and Sydney kind of divide. Isn't there a tiny part of you when you go to Sydney in winter and the sun is shining on the harbour that makes you think, am I in the right place? Look, I I hate that that sort of Melbourne-Sydney rivalry because there's so many great things about each of them. Um, Definitely the sun does shine a lot more here in the winter than what it does in Melbourne. Um, But, you know, there's the benefits on both sides. I I really, you know, I I have to say that the whole time I've been here, it's been blue skies and sunny and I'm not looking forward to the frost when I come home. But then the other side when I come home um, is those beautiful frosty fogs and walking in the country and all that part of it. But I do have to say, I just found online, and this isn't a plug for Lorna Jane, but I was on Celebrity Apprentice with her, but she's now making thermal leggings like sports leggings. So I actually bought a pair while I'm up here so that when I'm at Kyneton and I can actually, because, you know, legging, you know, your sports leggings, they're so thin, they're lycra. And um, so the thermal ones, I'm going to give them a bit of a test when I get down to Melbourne. Oh, well, I mean, where I live, if you don't have a pair of thermals or at least two pairs of leggings under any kind of pants or a dress, you're just really not serious about staying warm. So Lorna Jane thermal leggings, I am going to check them out. That sounds like a big tip. (laughs) I remember when um, I travelled over to London for the first time and it was in the depths of winter and it snowed while I was there. And um, I wore 
my, you know, um, what are the ones, my compression pants the whole time with my jeans over the top because you can't just wear jeans and normal pants. So I wore compression pants, leggings, not stockings, and then my pants over the top because it, it bit like nothing else. It was so cold. Well, and I think that sort of does um, tie into what we were saying a couple of weeks ago with, you know, the energy bills rising and every. I mean, I'm sitting here now. Sure, I've got the wood fire on, but I am also rugged up like an Eskimo. And that means I don't have to put an extra heater on and the split system on. So I think there's a lot of people right now who are probably uh, thinking about those extra layers, if anything, just to save a little bit of cash on the heating bills, that's for sure. I have to say a wheat bag and a, and a, um, a beautiful throw rug from um, Shannon Blaze Harris scarf um, is the perfect solution, Jane. <laughs> Multiple throw rugs. Every member of the family needs one. Um, now, Shana, you've been really busy. I was, um, as I always do, checking your socials and you can follow Shana, Shana Blaze on Instagram and Facebook. Tell me what it feels like to open up a home. So you've been working with Montgomery Homes and you had a launch a couple of weeks ago of a home. So can you just sort of run us through for people who have seen this and gone, oh, wow, like what's going on? That looks kind of exciting. How does the process of working with a company like Montgomery start? And then what does it feel like when you can actually suddenly invite people into a home that you've had a huge part in designing? Uh, it is, it's so rewarding because the process, it takes a couple of years. So um, the actual building design is done by Montgomery Homes and they, you know, they take a long time. They've got so many different plans and ideas and they keep tweaking them for different options and different types of land blocks. And then I work with the team and it can be sometimes 18 months before it actually is open and, and, there was an extra six months this time because of delays in buildings, supplies. So, you know, everybody gets hit. So the fact that we got here to open these four unique styles, so they're ones that um, I created from scratch because I've done a lot of different designs. I think I've got about 15 different designs with Montgomery Homes now, which is so exciting. And they all have their own personality. And to see them come alive and the team, the design team at Montgomery Homes take all my ideas and they do all the purchasing. So I'm not, you know, telling them you purchase this, this, but this is this is where we go. This is what we're going to do. And um, they do such an incredible job for my vision and it's a really good collaboration. And you walk into it and I don't get to walk through any of these houses until they're open. So I don't get through that construction stage and I'm not there through the, you know, the hard bits and pieces. So I just get to wear a pretty dress and walk through and go, oh, my God, it's just fabulous. <laughs> Is there a lot of compromise that happens with that sort of a project, though, Shana, where perhaps the tiles that you had, like you're saying, you're not purchasing. So really, it's big sort of picture vision stuff. And then you've got to trust them, I guess, that when you say, oh, I want a rattan light fitting and green tiles in the kitchen. No, I do. I do pick all those. No, no, no. We sit there and we, we spend a couple of days and, okay, this is the tile. This is the look. All the hard surfaces are pre-selected. Um, then it's just the inspiration for the actual furniture because 18 months out, you can't select the furniture on you know, a volume build. You just can't. So, no, all, all the hard surfaces are all selected together. It's done. Um, there's no surprises on that. And if anything, they can't get 
we 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 chat about that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, to see the styling vision come, you know, when I, I'm usually the one doing it all to have you know another team doing it, and we've been working together um, over three years now. And there's a really good trust in there. And I think that's the thing with any build, with any team, you know, you you can't be everything and you have to let go and, and having that trust that people are going to execute what you are doing. And because we've been doing so many, I just, I feel so comfortable and, I, you know, when a lot of people do the house, they might only be doing one every couple of years or they might do it once in their lifetime. So they don't know that comfort of having that trust because you're always hoping they're going to do what you want to do. But when you be able to do it, you know, time after time, you know, doing sort of, I think about eight to 10 a year with Montgomery Homes, you, you build up that really incredible trust. And then having people walk through a home where you've had such a key part in the design, do you see them just sort of fall in love? Like it must be to me like walking through the block and going, I want this and then realising I can actually get this. I can sign up and purchase this home and have it built by Montgomery. Like I'm sure that for some people that just must be a dream come true that they're not going to have to do all of that. Like it is a lot for your mental load having to choose all of those things that you've done the hard work for them. And that and that's why Montgomery got me on board so that we could do that. And you know, we the whole thing is designed still for people to feel like they can put themselves in there, change the style if they want to. And it's a bit like the, you know, the the bathroom inspiration for, for Beaumont Tiles as well, is that, you know, I have themes in there. But we want people to know that, you know, everything can be changed and interplayed and and sort of moved. But it, it takes the headache. It takes the brain work out. And it, it's, it's a stressful time. The last thing you want to do is feel like you've made a mistake once it's all built. Yeah. And of course, um, people do say, you know, I could never do what Shana does. But actually, when you can get Shana to, in a way, do it for you, you absolutely can achieve those amazing results. And of course, as you mentioned, Beaumont Tiles, you know, with those complete bathroom packages. Right now at Beaumont Tiles, you can save up to 30% on bathroom wear and 25% on tiles only at Beaumont Tiles. And just walk in and talk to the team. They've got 115 stores around the country. They can certainly help you out. Uh, We do need a little block up date. I'm guessing that very soon we're going to find out when the block will actually hit our screens. Can you give us like an early heads up, Shana, or this is all very a tightly held secret at Channel 9, isn't it? Look, it always is. And I never know the actual date until sometimes it is advertised on TV. That's how tightly it's held. We, we don't get a warning, but I always look at it going, okay, so it usually finishes around the end of October, early November, probably end of October, around that sort of time, because that's the height of spring auction time. So houses have been allowed to flower, establish, the weather's beautiful, everybody walks through. So I sort of work backwards for there. So it could be August time sometime. (laughs) Have you seen any couples on the block and teams on the block this season who have really knocked it out of the park? And and are you sort of seeing those next generation of perhaps the Kyle and Cara's coming through? Is there any standouts? Absolutely. There's, there's a couple of standouts and, um, they are very distinct in their style and completely different. I think this is what's exciting as a viewer to see five completely different applications to these houses. But there's two of them that just they get stronger and stronger. And 
it's hard to explain how you feel when you walk into these because what you see on TV is is a whole different thing to standing in the room and and feeling it. And uh, I'm poor. There are there are a couple that are, are going to absolutely blow people away. But I'm really excited to see where at least one couple um, where their career is going to go because there is no doubt this is where they're going. Oh, and now we could play the game of spot which couple it is in the first week when you see the profiles and that. It's like, is it them? Is it them? Is it them? <laughs> It'll take a while before you think. It'll take a while. It, it's it's not an easy road. It's quite bumpy. Just letting you know. <laughs> oh, well, yes, no pain, no gain. And good to hear that, you know, after several weeks, maybe they've um, hit their stride. So let's talk a little bit as we uh, continue with Homeschool, thanks to Beaumont Tiles, say 30% off bathroom wear and 25% off tiles only at Beaumont Tiles right now. A little bit of a topic that you wrote about in your Stella magazine um, column recently, which is the 1950s styling, because we know that the block houses this year, I mean, sort of paint the picture of the era, Shana, and and why we're sort of going down that mid-century modern um, pathway with these houses. The block was bought on a corner and they're five pristine 1950s houses. And the 1950s were post-war and it was really the first of the volume building in Australia. So they're cream brick, they're basic layout, three bedroom, lounge room, don't always work perfectly for the for the actual block they're sitting in, um, you know, for north and south and, and you know, catching the sun. The, the thing about the 1950s, and, and this is what I wrote in the article, you've got Art Deco, 1950s and 70s, all have that same part of that linear simplicity, even though Art Deco has lots of curves and then, you know, sort of the the embellishments were quite over the top, depending where you're going, 20s or 30s of Art Deco. And, but the 50s and the 70s are very streamlined and very beautiful. So with something that's a 1950s, you can go make it a bit more retro, keep it very 50s, which is like pops of colour. And another article I wrote is the pops of colour are very muted now. Like if you looked at the 50s, it was, you know, lots of reds and greens and and very they weren't even pastel, they were vibrant, they were really full-on coloured. But our pastel colours um, coming into the next couple of years, they're very muted and they're quite beautiful. And so having those, you know, sort of hark to the 50s means that you can use those muted pastels that sort of give a hark back to the 50s. But also in the 50s, there were lots of curves, very subtle ones, especially in the kitchens, which is what I used in um, Country Home Rescue because it was Art Deco, Victorian and a little bit of 50s, which is in the kitchen. So I just borrowed some of the curves and you modernise it in our contemporary times, but still hold that little bit of, you know, homage to the 50s, which is what we're hoping the contestants have or would do. Yeah, I guess a lot of people, and look, I'm sort of, you know, late 40s. I, I, When I sort of think of the 50s and the 70s, sometimes I shudder because you're right about those colour palettes. It's like, you know, the bright sunflower yellow wallpaper that was in the childhood home that I was born in. It makes me shudder because it's just sort of harking back to those memories. But for a younger generation, perhaps, they haven't had quite as much of that influence. And there's just little elements that you can pick up on and go, oh, brings back a great memory and doesn't just scare me from my 70s memories of Nana's house or or mum's place that was really, they could be quite over the top in some incarnations of those styles, yeah? 
Well, I, I think the thing is, you know, the the reality of the original style is it's all in. Like the 50s, it's all in. The 70s, all in. The 60s, it's all in. Whereas when we cycle and recycle these styles, we take elements. And because it doesn't fit with our lifestyle now, you know, we've got different technology, how things are made, our colour palettes, what we want around us. So we just take those little bits of inspiration and then we twist them and sort of manipulate them to how we live and how we want today. Um, the only sort of people that go very hard in, you know, in the 50s, are the people that love the rockabilly. And, you know, you think Jimmy and Tan, they did in their, their play in um, the Brighton series and, you know, they went very retro 50s, very strong and it worked for them and a little bit, um, you know, Aaron Slim's slightly early 60s. So that's it becomes quite thematic. So if you're going to borrow it, you, you're going to become a theme, whereas the original isn't a theme, it's an original style, but if you take everything from that, you're creating a theme. So I hope that makes people understand the difference between a theme, inspiration and borrowing. And do you think there's been a, more of a conscious move to maybe tone things down and open up to a wide range of buyers? Because we do see sometimes those those houses on the block, like you said, Jimmy and Tam, you know, can be quite polarising for buyers um, often and usually they do sell in the end. But in the fact that the real estate market has kind of softened a bit, so we saw some of those properties hang on the market a little bit longer than usual after the series wrapped last year. Do you feel like there's been a conscious effort to make sure that you can appeal to the widest range of buyers or have some of these couples just gone, nope, we're just going to go all in and, and hope there's that one buyer that's going to fall in love with our very quirky or unique style? Oh, there's one that goes <laughs> hard in. But the, the great thing, it was a commitment to the style and there will be a couple of really big buyers because it's so unique and different and full of personality. And I, I think that's the exciting thing is that we get so shy of putting personality when we're auctioning the broad market. But if you find something that's key and you're not the only one that loves it, somebody's bound to. So, but, you know, we always say you just need two people that fall in love with it and they can bid against each other. Now, when it comes to the furniture for those sort of properties, have you seen uh, the block contestants vying to buy restored mid-century modern furniture? Because I've sort of started to learn a bit more about this more recently. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, that couch that Nana had that we sort of threw out because it wasn't the good antique is now actually worth thousands of dollars. Are they getting modern takes on these pieces or are they scouring the vintage stores of Melbourne to try and pick up original pieces in some cases? Look, I think I think time is an issue on the block, being able to scour and, you know, that the budgets, like as you were saying, like some of those original pieces are quite astronomical and they don't have the budget for that. You know, their, their physical cash um, is better put to use in the, um, the build. So, you know, there's lots of furniture sponsors and so it's being able to sort of go through what the sponsors are doing. Um it would be lovely if that, you know, some people had, you know, chances of that, especially in, you know, last series. Um, but this is quite different. This is quite different in the fact that we're in, in a city, um, buying one, restoring. You just won't have the time and you won't have the money to do it. 
And for people at home listening, thinking, oh, we do have Nana's Parker furniture that, you know, it's a bit saggy. In the, would you recommend actually investing in restoring a piece? Because you can. There's wonderful upholsterers around. There's wonderful furniture makers that will help to refinish, you know, where grandpa's cigarette stained hand has been laying on a, on a chair um, handle for a while. You might see that sort of discoloration. Do you think that's a good investment these days to actually maybe rescue some of these mid-century pieces or even stuff from the 70s where you might need to reupholster vinyl or is it really doesn't add up in terms of the the money that you might have to spend there's two parts to that you know you you mentioned parker so if you find the original you know parker and featherston you'll never lose money it just goes up in value but you've got to be careful with the restoration too because if you um go too far in your restoration you've taken the original value out of it so the good thing about parkers and featherston is that they are built to last you know they were incredibly well made and you know if you get an original 50s fabric or 60s fabric to then upholster it in that is similar to what was there then you still got the value there so you know restoring the wood absolutely but sometimes you've just got to be really careful if you're there's restoring and then there's zhuzhing up so if you're going to zhuzh it you might take the value out of it and that's okay but if you've got you know if you've got a really expensive original you've got to really think okay this is an investment I need to speak to an expert who does these types of restorations and then also you know if you get one that's a 50s but it's only a hundred dollars absolutely you're not going to make five hundred dollars out of it you're going to get that look and that feel of how exactly you want um but it's an investment in your look rather than a value of selling it on um oh what's it what's what's the show that, oh god i can't even think of it the show where um People take their stuff in in England. Uh, Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, you know, if you're looking at environmentally as well, we talked sustainability last episode, uh, the fact that you might be able to spend some money and and give a life to something that was just sitting in the back shed for another 20, 30, 40 years, your kids might even want it after you're finished. Um, It's kind of nice for the environment too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think the thing is, if they come from that era, they're actually well made. I'd rather spend $500 on a couch to restore than a, a brand new $500 couch. Because if you've got a $500 couch, I guarantee in two years it's in landfill. So, you know, you do, do the maths. It's, it is that thing, buy cheap, buy twice. But if you're going to buy something that's got the credibility, you have to spend a bit of money onto it, it's going to last a lifetime. Oh, well, I cannot wait to hear when the air date of the first episode of The Block is uh, hitting our screens very soon. And Shana will be talking to you about it and hopefully meeting some of the contestants here on Homestyle as well. All thanks to Beaumont Tiles. You can save 30% on bathroom wear and 25% on tiles only at Beaumont Tiles right now. And, you know, a winter project, maybe doing that uh, bathroom or getting that uh, little bit of extra reno in to improve the value of your place while we're all thinking about cost of living, go to Beaumont Tiles and I'm sure they can help you out. Now, we're loving the hashtag, what would Shana do questions that we're getting here on Homestyle Shana. Uh, This one is an absolute cracker. So for Beaumont Tiles, our listener question this week is from Alana in Mulgrave. Now, 
this could uh, be quite triggering for some people if they're in the midst of a perhaps a couple dispute over renovation. But here we go. Alana writes to us and says, Dear Shana, I would love your advice on how to navigate decorating a home when you have a very different style and aesthetic than your partner. We have just purchased a home together, my second property, his first, and we move in after settlement in two months time. My partner is moving from a rather cluttered share house situation with his brother, whereas I am moving from a smallish flat. I consider myself much more of a minimalist when it comes to my design style. I haven't had the room or budget to collect lots to collect lots of furniture and stuff. My partner is definitely more eclectic and has also got the option to use some of his family heirlooms and hand-me-down pieces that are currently stored at his parents'. My worry is that our two styles won't really match and that he'll be tempted to fill our new home with way too much stuff. He has joked that cluster core is a real trend at the moment and his collections will add real vibe to the house, but I'm not sure we'll be able to avoid a cluttered look if I let him run wild when he when we first move in. Our new home is an updated but modest brick 90s build and it's not huge. How do I convince my partner that less is more while still giving him the chance to express his own tastes as well? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Alana, soon to be in Mulgrave. And she's even sent a little picture from the real estate listing. And yeah, modest 90s brick build is pretty much bang on. So Shana, where do we start with this one? Well, this is where I call therapy. And um, this is, you know, I, I come across a lot of clients that th- this is the case. And I think the thing is also is that minimalist and bachelor share house could be a recipe for disaster because the the only thing that I'm I'm thinking in this and without knowing them is that he's been sharing in a share house with his brother. Then he's got his parents' stuff in storage. Is that he doesn't even know his style, so he'll be bringing in stuff just because he's had it. So what I would firstly do is that as a minimalist person, she's going to have to have a little bit of push and push and shove on that one and she's going to have to accept certain things that come in if she's ever watched the tv show fraser have you do you remember fraser where the dad comes in with his chair and fraser just has to accept it there might be a chair that you're just going to have to accept but the man you love is in it so you're just going to have to cope so there's one part like that the the other part is that what was his name Oh, we don't actually have his name. I think Kalana probably doesn't want to dob him in. (laughs) As I said, he probably doesn't know his style. He's thinking, oh, my God, mum and dad's stuff in storage. They can't get rid of it. That's why it's in storage. I have the opportunity to use it. It's a case of being very clever, being clever, going, okay, what are the necessities that we need? Let's start with the necessities before we get into the decor. You know, what pieces of bed, bedside tables, coffee tables, couches that we can utilise that are going to work and then talk about the decorating. And we'll get to that cluster core in a minute. But he's talking about, oh, it'll, it'll feel eclectic, it'll be this, bit of that. I love eclectic. But you've got to use it measured and you've got to use it properly. So I think because there's already stuff in storage, take your time. Don't just pull everything in because if it's a modest 90s house and it's not big, some of this big furniture may not even fit. So start small, just bring in a few pieces, get in it. You've got the the time because there's storage already there and then work from there. And can, can then we talk about cluster core? 
Well, I'm fascinated by this because I Googled it ahead of, um, you know, seeing Alana's letter and thinking, okay, what exactly does cluster core mean? So I've come up with a definition um, from, I think, a Martha Stewart article. Uh, it's a it's a way of um, carefully displaying trinkets, art and baubles. Think of it this way. Cluster core is a celebration of your most prized possessions and the ultimate decorating style for avid collectors. So I kind of go, oh, yes, I'm an avid collector. I've got lots of stuff. I must be into cluster core. But I think the point where I fall down and perhaps in Alana's situation, her partner might, it's the carefully displaying of this and I guess containing it. Is that what you sort of interpret as cluster core, Shana? Just letting you know, not coping with this cluster core in the fact of like it's given a name to something that we already do. And it's just like someone must have been bored going, oh, I've got to think of a new name. I've got to put something out there. It literally, it's a vignette. There's a vignette. You're creating an area that becomes a vignette, whether it's one piece or 25 pieces. You're creating that sort of focal point on a buffet. You're creating a focal point where the chair is and the side table and the lamp and doing bits and pieces with that. I think the... That part of it is so it doesn't spread like moss and mould all around the house. So, okay, here's your corner. This is where you go. But I think cluster core is just a fancy name for saying, look, you have a vignette. This is where we're going to do it. These are focal points. Pop it all there. But don't – I think the word cluster really is a scary word because it means it's just like shove all your junk in the one spot and you can't carefully curate a cluster – you know what? <laughs> if you put too much in it, it becomes a cluster. You know what? <laughs> well, in this article, there's actually a line that says, ultimately, the goal is to infuse rich depth of character into your space in a way that conveys who you are and what you care about. So I'm sort of thinking maybe with Alana, like I'm getting the sense that her partner might have a lot of varied interests, but say he's into photography has old vintage vintage cameras, maybe, you know, have those conversations and say, okay, it could be books. It could be, you know, like my boyfriend is into West German pottery um, and there's quite a lot of that, but it's quite carefully curated. Um, So is it a matter of then saying, okay, look, you can't have all of the 10 things that you've been collecting, but let's focus on one or two that are really going to show who you are and then perhaps even, you know, build some storage where there is a case or a cabinet where you could have all your vintage cameras or, you know, a particular type of thing that he's been collecting, but you're not saying yes to all of it. You're just going, yeah, I love that that expresses who you are. I just don't want to be overwhelmed by it. I think the thing is what Alana is wanting is something that takes years like, you know, something that expresses who we are and, you know, over time and this it's they're getting together for the first time, which is a big thing. And you can't do that in a couple of weekends and a couple of months. You have to take time. And, and what you're saying, you absolutely just put in a couple of pieces, but have all the rest sitting there out the way in a box or in the shed or in the garage so that you can maybe swap them over or slowly introduce one or two over time. You know, bookcases and buffets are amazing. And I'm all about size. Like, you know, people say, how many cushions? Well, you know, if you put your five favourite cushions out and have the rest sitting in the shed, then you can cycle them and they're all there. You just don't have 25 cushions for the moment. So I think I think the thing is with um, 
what their ultimate goal is. It, it could take a couple of years to get to that point. And that's why I'm saying take it slow. Just bring in the essentials first. Bring in a couple of favourite pieces and then start working about working out what you can and can't cope with. Um, main thing is it it's not to turn into war because in the end, um, all these pieces that come in, they've got to have a reason to be there functionally and they've got to be there for a reason of what they bring to the room and how you feel. So that's, and it's not even that fact of, you know, the Marie Kondo, unless I love it, he doesn't stay here. It's not about that. It's just like something that moves you and something that just brings something, brings an atmosphere. You may not love it, but do you bring something special to the room? That's more where I'm coming from. But um, I just want to say, because we've been talking about cluster call, I just want to say the other part of it is that making a fancy name for something that already exists, which is bed rotting. So that's why I'm not coping. What? There's plaster core and bed rotting, which is, you know, you hear the word and you just think, oh, I'm actually just going to like ooze and just sit there in, in the bed. No, it's called sleeping in and working in your bed. And, you know, if you like toast and crumbs in your bed and if you just want to sit there and get a flat bottom, that's literally what it is. But we all know what sleeping in is and we all know what it is to have a um, a day off and just, you know, just lay in bed and watch TV. It doesn't have to be rotting. You don't have to give it a fancy name. It's just I'm just sitting in my bed for the day. I'm having time out. Don't come in. Goodbye. I have never heard the term bed rotting in my life. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> It's just making up names for things that already exist. Oh, and I would suggest with Alana's situation as well, I think you need to play your partner the podcast. So when you're on the next little trip out to the parents' house where all the stuff is stored, just happen to put on Homestyle. Um, and I'm sure that he's going to find some value in what you've said. My additional thing would be don't let family pressure ruin the new relationship and the new house because I've just thrown out a set of six dining chairs from the 1920s that were stuffed but I have been holding on to because they're my dad's grandparents chairs and how can I possibly get rid of them stupid stupid they've been cluttering up they're not comfortable and not very usable I think Alana maybe be prepared to upset a few of the family members who would probably love you to come and just take everything from the shed and get rid of their problem but don't let that pressure that just because it's been in the family for 50 to 100 years mean it has to actually be part of your new life and there's a lot of you know sensitivities around that but Shana we can't just keep hoarding stuff can we just because it happened to be someone's family heirloom. Uh, you know what? You hit it on the head in the fact there's a reason it's in the shed because his parents don't want it. I don't want it. You have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. <laughs> there's a reason. And, you know, there's a great thing called um, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, vintage stores. You know, there's um, shelters that it can be um, donated to because the thing is it's in the shed because mum and dad don't want it. So I think... That's that's a really good thing you've got to look at as well. Oh, Alana, you could actually make some cash, pretend that you want stuff, 
Flog it off on Facebook Marketplace or even there's lots of um, Facebook pages now, just free giveaways that people are really great at going, someone will want it. It just might not be me. So maybe she could, uh, yeah, make some money out of the stuff that they don't actually want and use that to buy newer stuff that's actually going to be what suits their house. Um, Love that question, Alana. And thank you so much for taking the time to write a really in-depth question because I think there's going to be a lot of people that will really relate to that scenario. If you would like some advice from Shana, hashtag what would Shana do? Send us an email to podcast at sen.com.au. Shana, we'll chat to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, a busy couple of weeks coming up for you. You've said you're busier than you've been in a lot of years. So exciting. There's there's so many things like, you know, the world is a little bit crazy. Like I, I did get sick. You would have heard me on the past podcast where I'd lost my voice and I was very hoarse for a couple of weeks. Um, but I, but I think the thing is, like, it's really good to be busy again, but I just want to go back to just staying well and making sure I don't say yes to everything. I think we can all live by that and plenty of time for bed rotting and sleeping in, China. <laughs> I'll just put a bit of moss over my head and say I'm bed rotting. <laughs> Oh, love it. Um, thank you also to our show sponsors, Beaumont Tiles. You can save up to 30% on bathroom wear and 25% off on tiles at Beaumont Tiles right now. And of course, you can walk into Beaumont Tiles and even you'll find the Homestyle podcast on their website. Plenty of great tools and also resources on the Beaumont Tiles website as well. And Shana's complete bathroom packages, all part of the range at Beaumont Tiles. So thanks for being part of Homestyle. And Shana, we'll chat to you in a couple of weeks' time. See, you might have an update on the blog by then. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Harris Scarf. Shop in store or online today. Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices and Beaumont tiles. I choose Beaumont tiles, you should too. For tiles, bathroom wear and now hard flooring. As Australia's only national tile specialist, we're wrapped. You voted us number one. You want great prices, great range and awesome quality. Get all that and our lifetime warranty on tiles when you choose Beaumont's.